Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Hey, hey, everybody. How you doing? Another episode of The Lion's Den. I'm your host, Seth, and today we have a new guest. Will, how you feeling? Feeling good. Good, 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 good. So, give you guys a little background about Will. He will be the, what we call it, a narrator or... MC? Yeah, MC. Yeah, so he will be MCing at our uh, MLK luncheon or breakfast at Scott Air Force Base. And he's also a member of Toastmasters. And I can give you more information about that if you would like that later on in the uh, episode. However, we're going to be speaking on not just MLK living the dream. Are we living the dream or are we faking it till we make it? But also his views on the legacy of MLK. So first of all, Again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. And, um, and, and welcome to the Lion's Den. But uh, what are your views as far as being chosen to speak and being uh, you know, at, the, at the breakfast and, and, and speaking on, you know, in front of that many people? How, what's, what's your views about that? I feel very privileged to have that mm-hmm. opportunity to do that because I know... <clears throat> the impact that his legacy has, just like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And just listening to his, and just seeing the impact that, like just learning about him in school and things like that, mm-hmm. and how he was such a prominent part in the, the education of even just teaching the general knowledge of history and how his impact on society was. It was, and going into the speech, like trying to even get the part, I was told by another mentor of mine to listen to the I have a dream speech Mm -hmm. to listen to the whole thing Mm -hmm. and try to just listen to that and make sure that you I guess comprehend really what he's trying to accomplish and Mm -hmm. go go into the audition with that okay all right that's what I did all right good good and you did well so I guess my question is what stood out to you when you listened to the speech what stood out to you personally when you heard that I would say the way he he resonated with his audience mm-hmm. and I remember that it panned to the the audience there's a lot of people out there yes and I truly I truly felt that he he meant everything he said mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that's about it that's about so, it. as far as I know Okay, so if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? 21. All right, 21. So how much of what you read, okay, from from the speech or what you heard from the speech, even in being uh, picked to, you know, participate in a breakfast, what have you seen in your 21 years that emulates what Martin Luther King spoke about? Can you say that? Like, what do you what do you think? What do you see today Mm -hmm. that speaks volumes to what he was trying to come across? You know, to all those people. What do you think has been most, um, I guess, uh, you know, been an impact for you? Like, was it? Do you recognize equality? Right? Do you Mm -hmm. see that in what you do 
in your day-to-day life? Do you see it on the outside in society or do you see a larger gap? What do you see? Do you think that we're closer to what he was talking about in his dream or a lack thereof? What do you see? So for my perception, I think that we have, or as a, as a, as a country, we have gotten a lot, like a lot better, but mm-hmm. there's still things that we need to work on, mm-hmm. obviously. Actually, I was talking to my mom <clears throat> when she visited here like about a month ago. Mm-hmm. She was born in 1959. Okay. And uh, we, we were eating dinner and I was just asking her questions about how, what life was like growing up in, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. And I asked her a question like, well, the 60s was a time where Martin Luther King was around. So I asked her about Martin Luther King and her parents would try to like hide her from the things that were going on in the, in that, um, everything that he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And then when the day he was announced that he was shot, mm-hmm. uh, her grand, her grandfather had a negative response to it. Like, like a, he was pretty much saying that, um, I'm trying to think. Pretty much, he he his her grandfather was had a well, for, for, it was a negative thing to say, like in this time, you know, okay. like got it, like a bad. He said bad thing about him when okay. he got shot. All right, so here, so this we're gonna do for the individuals that uh, that don't know Will and his background. Let's let's state what is your what's your nationality? What I'm half Chinese, half uh, Caucasian. Okay, so. Um, who was it in in your fa- your father or your grandfather was it the Caucasian side or is it Chinese side? What was who, who was so my mo- my mother's grandfather? Mm-hmm. She uh, Caucasian. Okay, so he was the one that was saying the negative things. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it, got it. However, mm-hmm. my 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 grandfather, my mother's father, was pretty much telling them to just shut up. Why are you saying that? Like, mm-hmm. So I, it was it's it was kind of cool to hear that how even. That even when it was like in the cut, essentially, mm-hmm. like it was being people were opposed to the negativity that was being out there. Mm-hmm. That's right. OK. All right. So now and we have a question that came up from uh, Lee. How you feeling? He asked, is there anything from the speech that um, you can apply to your life? What do you think? Think about that. In that I have a dream speech, what is it that you can do as an individual? Because I really do think a lot of people wait for someone to come and just miraculously save and, and make everything so much better. But I personally think that it is an individual um, responsibility. So what do you think you can do you know, as an individual that um, can help make either the individuals that you surround yourself with or your workspace or anything better. What do you think you can do as a, as a person? I can't really remember exact quotes from the speech, but I, I can say that his overall, (coughs) excuse me, Mm -hmm. his overall attitude towards how how to solve problems Mm -hmm. is probably the biggest one. Mm -hmm. And do you mean as far as the 
the nonviolent aspect. Right. Okay. Okay. I get that. I get that. And so, of course, because there's other ways to to solve those problems. However, do you think that that's always the case? Do you think that? Uh, do you believe in the turn the other cheek? Are you familiar with that term? Mm-hmm. All right. Do you believe in that in every aspect when you're trying to do what's right? And instead of um, being violent, being nonviolent, but is there a breaking point for you? It's a tricky question. No, but hey, well, think about it. What you think about that? I think that the... And doing like the trying to problem solve, I think your first step should always try to be non-violent. Okay. Okay. But I mean, when it comes to like, I mean, I don't know. That's that's very. It really depends on the situation. I think mm-hmm. it does. It does. So I guess it also depends on what you value mm-hmm. as right? well. Yeah. What you value? Do you value, you know, your own peace? Do you value your own uh, economic, uh, you know, ability? You know, do you believe or value the protection of your family or even your race for that matter? So I guess the question is uh, another way to look at it is, you know, how far would you continue to go through uh, those type of struggles before you have to elevate your, you know, means of not just protection, but uh, resistance, you know? Yeah, it's deep. It is real deep. I think think it's different for each person because right now I'm... I'm in a relationship. But I don't have any kids. Okay. I mean, the most I have is a dog. Okay. Uh, but there's also, but I think your your the answer might change if I were to have a family and mm-hmm. if I were, you know, just a like a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, it really. I think that question really, <coughs> excuse me, really depends on where a person's at in their life. All right. Well, since you're 21 and you're closer closest to your teenage years than, mm-hmm. you know, being a, an adult adult. Um, what did you witness in high school? Like, did you witness any type of uh, adverse, um, I guess, you know, actions when it came into high school, people treating you different based off of you, uh, the way you looked or not knowing if you was white, black, mixed or Chinese or whatever, Hispanic, you know, because like, I really didn't know until you told me, I'm like, oh, okay. All right, I can see that. But did you ever deal with that in high school? And if you did, how did you how did you deal with it? I mean, some people, I mean, they try to be, you know, mean. They mm-hmm. would just say there's things that just get under your skin. Mm-hmm. And that was mostly the case. It wasn't truly like it wasn't true hate towards my race. Mm-hmm. I never I don't I can't say that I've ever experienced that. Okay. There was just people just making stupid jokes like here and there just stupid jokes. You know, trying to mimic someone speaking Chinese. Yeah. Other than that, mm-hmm. that's about it. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, well, that's not bad. Well, I guess now the question is, have you ever seen either then or now a person be picked on or treated differently than you based off of what they look like? Yes. So, but more so it's just me hearing stories okay. of, and I would ask my friends because in my friend group, three of them are half black mm-hmm. and one of them is 32, and I would just ask, well, 
because we would we would make jokes to each other pretty much just you know just dudes being dudes just mm-hmm. make, just back and forth jokes and i would truly ask like what experience have you had in your life where you've dealt with because of the way you looked like it was you got treated different mm-hmm. and they're telling me a situation where he got he was like at a he was at a gas station just filling up his him and his friend were at a gas station just filling up like a like a motorcycle and all of a sudden a bunch of cop cars came in with you know rifles pointed at them get on the ground and he he thought he was gonna die mm. and where was this this was in i think he said florida but i can't i'm not mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. but i just remember hearing that and then my girlfriend she's half hispanic and uh, her first language was spanish um i guess that's that's to her background mm-hmm. and she, she would tell me all the time that anytime she would go shopping her family would get followed around the store really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and other than that i think that's that's all i've really heard as mm-hmm. as far as personal experiences where i've, I've known the person mm-hmm. okay well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you all a question and you can chime in. You can either comment on the live or you can call in. So the most famous speech, obviously, MLK, right? I have a dream. Did it really encompass the total of what he stood for and what was his real message and why is it deemed such a threat to poor black and whites to gain um economic uh equality so y'all can call in if you want or you can just give your comments here and i'll read it live on air the number is 618-792-6747 so let me see because you haven't really been out to Mm -hmm. experience you know in injustice just assuming to a higher degree or the degree of uh, martin luther king but i guess the question would be do you think that there is a perceived unfairness when it comes down to economics in different communities? And why do you think so? When it comes to economics, mm-hmm. as far as access to wealth or even education, right? Why do you think that that is, that is still an issue today? Are you saying my perception of mm-hmm. it? Or do you think it's an issue? Like, do you think that we all, or individuals in high school age, even college, um, do you think that there's a level playing field as far as access to uh, education or to wealth? From what, I, <coughs> excuse me, mm-hmm. from what I've seen and the people that I've known, mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. From but again, that's from what I've seen. Okay, my, like my knowledge of the subject. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever really seen a, a situation where that hasn't been the case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what what do you think about um, what you see on TV in um, different rural areas where people are? You know, not necessarily, I wouldn't say uneducated, but, you know, the poor rundown areas. Do you think that it was or do you think that it's a choice 
for that to be that way? Or do you think that it was by design? Like, what are, what are your thoughts? Because you have to understand that there's different stages, mm-hmm. right? So you have the low cl- the low living class, the middle class, the upper class, or the middle upper. It's all different types of stuff as far as how much money is in the household. But the individuals that live below the poverty line, do you think that that is a choice or do you think that is by design? By design. Mm-hmm. So when you say by design, do you mean mm-hmm. someone wants it to be that way? Yeah. What do you think? Do you think that the powers that be or individuals that make rules or mm-hmm. even in certain cases laws want there to be a um, a division as far as the haves and the haves not and have nots based off of either economics or even race? Do you think that that is still an issue? And if so, why do you think that's the case? I mean, I'll say if it if it is <clears throat> if it is something that happens, I mean, I wouldn't really be surprised about it because how politics work, I mean, it is something that I mean, it seems evil. <laughs> it seems really evil to do something like that. Mhm. But I don't know. I feel like I don't know much about that subject to to speak on it. Mm-hmm. So after today, what do you think? What do you think about um, getting smart on that to understand not just where you are, right, as an individual, but the uh, I guess the part that you play in this system? Like, have you ever thought about um, further educating yourself on not just what Dr. King spoke on in the past, but actually how affected we are even today economically. For example, I have some numbers here, and this is just to generate uh, further research for you if you're interested. So, mm-hmm. And this is based off statistics, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, 2016, right? The average household uh, for... Indian, what is it, Eastern Indians in the United States mm-hmm. is $128,000. All right. East Asian families, $85,000. All right. Caucasians, $67,000. And it breaks down. But last on the list is African American for $30,000. Okay. Now, with that being said, why do you think that? is that way do you think it's by design or do you think it's just a lack of people wanting more out of life or is there something like i said by design something that has been placed placed in a way to for individuals to gain access to that i think it might might (coughs) have to do with the maybe the the people surrounding an individual because mm. I I know that because again I don't I, I can't really say too I feel like I can't say too much because I'm not in that environment oh no, no I've been it. around that environment but mm-hmm. speaking for myself 
it really all depended on the people that were around me. I so like my mom, she'd always encourage me to, you know, she'd always encourage me to absolutely do my best in school because it would lead to these opportunities later down in life. Mm-hmm. And Growing up, I didn't have, you know, the most money. And also that gave me more drive to try to get out of that situation as well. Absolutely. So, but I could see on the, on the flip side of that, if I just had people saying, you know, constantly growing up, like if this, it's not going to get better than this, all you're going to do is this. I can see that, but mm-hmm. I mean, I got, I don't even know if that's happening. Mm-hmm. So, got it. but from my point of view, it, I think it depends on the individual and then the people surrounding the individual. There you go. Okay. So with that being said, do you have, would you believe that the individuals that surrounding you are uh, helping you to become a better person? Absolutely. Okay. What do you mean by that? Give me an example. So for instance, in high school, I surrounded myself with people that did not they weren't the the best people to to hang out with. Okay. Like I would always strive to hang out with, I mean, the quote unquote popular kids, right? Okay. In high school, and those people, the sure, I mean, they were cool, but you know, they weren't really good friends, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Okay. I'll go more into that. Like they were, they they would like during school they'd always say like, oh yeah, you know, we could hang out, we could do this and that, and then. You know, like after school was completely different, like it was cut off. But, you know, when we're there in person, they're totally cool. But, you know, when away, they're uh, they totally they don't even really pay attention to you until they need something from you. Yeah, I understand. When I joined the military, I I found out that there are people out there Mm -hmm. that are truly good people. Mm -hmm. They they want to help you. They they encourage you. They challenge you to be better. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like my friend group is we all, we all, when we were living together, we would all, <clears throat> we would all go to the gym together and try to see who the strongest one is. And mm-hmm. we would all go, you know, when we study for the test, we all see who could get the best. We'd all help each other study. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's where I learned that really the people that, you surround yourself with are, are really they they can either help you or they can just drag you down and sure. i think my friend my friend was saying some like you could judge a person by the top five people to hang out with or mm-hmm. something like that and i mean that's that's totally true and if if a person is dragging me down mm-hmm. i don't want you in my life all right that's, yeah, that's good and unfortunately, I had to, I, I kind of had to do that to one of my friends because mm-hmm. all they would do is just, you know, call me if they needed anything or, mm-hmm. you know, they just hang up. They want to call me to see how I'm doing like they used to. That's right. I mean, I ask these questions and they're not really, they're not really getting it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. No, I get you. I get you. All right. Well, listen, we're going to take a pause for the cause. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, what a mentor looks like to you as an individual, as you're coming up in your career and just growing what that means to you. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. 
The Lion's Den podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. Right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back, and I'm here again with um, Will. Welcome again. Appreciate um, it. And so we're going to switch lanes for a minute. And everybody that's listening uh, on live, we appreciate y'all. And and just want to give a shout out to those individuals. I see Lee again. I see uh, Mr. Seals up in the building. Miss Bright. Larry, Larry, all right, Mr. James Swanigan. So we're going to get into a little bit of mentoring and what that looks, okay? So what does that look like to you and what type of um, individuals do you seek out? Because we talked about uh, the the people that you surround yourself Mm -hmm. with, but how do you seek out a good mentor? A good mentor to me is someone that has the ability to do something that I wish to do, or mm-hmm. they're good. They're really good at something that I, a skill that I wish to acquire. Mm-hmm. And if they're willing to teach me, then by all means, I'm going to listen to that person because they can teach me something. That's right. And what made me want to be under your wing mm-hmm. was when you were, you were at FTEC. And the way the the energy that you had to to get the attention of a crowd, especially when we had we had a there was a a wing all call. Oh, hold on the uh, F tag. Let everybody know what that stands oh, for. Yeah. It's a first term airman center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know, it's a, it's a class that's about a week long for new airmen that come out of their technical training to get used to operational life. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Okay. Kind of, yeah. Anyway, sort of. and he had to do a brief there, and there's there's a million briefers, and usually they have like the generally the same energy, like okay, yeah, let's go with the PowerPoint, blah blah blah, good, or good, and they're out. <coughs> but Seth, he was there pretty much all day, if mm-hmm. I remember, and he had another person with him. But the main reason why I remember him was because the way he was able to again capture the, the audience, and we had a, a all call with the the wing commander where there's 100 people there and he was able to again channel the same energy he had for a group of about you know 10 people for mm-hmm. a group of 300 mm-hmm. and that's something that I admired a lot and I wish to learn more about so mm-hmm. then you talked about toastmasters mm-hmm. and I was like okay well if this is where he goes then I'm going to go there <laughs> right, so right, I right. went to toastmasters mm-hmm. and it pro- it was one of the best decisions I made in my life cuz I had, you know, people say I have a great voice already. Mm-hmm. And anytime, you know, they're shocked that I have such a deep voice for some reason. I don't know why. But, <laughs> right. but I went to Toastmasters and it really helped me sharpen and polish my skills that it helped me bring out the skills that I've had. Mm-hmm. And it's been awesome. It's been fun. It's It's really... It's really, I look forward to it every week. It's it's great. Okay. And again, going back to the question, it's if, if someone has something that they can teach me, then I'm all ears. Okay. Good, good, good. So what has been one of the, 
one thing, as long as your career has been, you know, you've been in your career, one thing that you can say <laughs> that you've learned from an individual that may not have been a quote unquote mentor, but you learned a lot from them. Because not every mentor looks like a mentor. Right. Right. It might be someone that just get on your damn nerves. You're like, wait a minute. I can learn something from so this. So are you talking about so are you are would a situation be like learn something, learn what not to do? Yeah. Oh yeah, essentially. Military is full of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what was one that you can that you can think of? One that I could think of right off the bat would be to truly be, you know, truly be there for someone. Not okay. to just pontificate a problem mm-hmm. onto someone else. Mm-hmm. And prime example would be that would be making sure your uniform's correct. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the regular regular uniform or the, the service uniform. Mm-hmm. And with the service uniform, you got to make sure everything's lined up yep. and do all that. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> there's a simple thing, which is one time there we had a, a change of command where a commander was coming in to replace another one. And this guy kept freaking sniping people out on their uniforms. He's like, hey, what do you see wrong with that guy's uniform? What do you see wrong with that guy's uniform? Mm-hmm. And he would call out every single thing wrong with everyone's uniform. But mm-hmm. the one thing he never did was go up to the individual mm-hmm. and be like, hey, you're, hey uh, this mm-hmm. thing's, you mind if I help you? That's right. He never did that. Mm-hmm. And it shocked me because like in, in basic training and in technical training, they always teach you like, hey, be a wingman, do mm-hmm. this and that. And he's, he's not doing that. Mm-hmm. And it, it took me back. And then he, he, he corrected, he tried to correct me on, Something like something wrong with my tie. Like you can't have a dimple in the tie. Mm-hmm. And he kept he kept saying, "Hey, you got to do it. You got to do it." And then the the group commander comes in with a dimple in his tie, but mm-hmm. he doesn't say anything to them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "What is what is this guy's problem?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, I look at the reg, the regulation of dress and appearance, and I see nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And I go up to the guy and I'm like, "Come on, man! Like, there's nothing about it. Why are you doing this?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, you corrected me." Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if if you're going to Pick a pick and you know prod at someone of their even the simple simple something as simple as their uniform mm-hmm. to you know a problem that you can help them with then why aren't you helping them right so I mean that's that's one thing mm-hmm. <coughs> okay all right so here's right. another question sure um, what type of mentor or leader would you like to be because you've only been in for long. Two years is going to be in next month, two years. Okay, good. Congratulations. So what type of leader do you strive to be? I want to be one that's effective, okay, efficient, and covers all aspects of being a leader. So I know that some people are very, some people are very business, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, I got to get this by the right, by, you know, 430, right at the end of the day, they got to have. Make sure everything everything's correct with your uniform. Got to make sure you show up to this location at this time, and no extensions on due dates and things like that. Right. I mean, there's there's them. Then there's also the flip side of that, which would be also taking care of the people that are under the uniform. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, <coughs> at least from my perception, that I, I don't really see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's some mm-hmm. like they they might you know dibble dabble on that, but they it's not really. Sometimes it feels forced Mm -hmm. and that's not something that I I don't want to be, I want to be 
effective in the in the sense that sure I want also I want to get work done, but also I want to make sure that the person that's doing the work is also taken care of. Right. In all aspects. So okay. whether it be you know, they need to get in shape. Well, I love the gym. Come with me. If they need help, you know, doing work, I'll, I'll spare, you know, 30 minutes and help them do what they got to do. I just, I want to be able to, to know that, or I want to be able to show that I, I know what I'm talking about, but also that, you know, I'm here for you. Absolutely. And some people's like, yeah, if you need anything, just give me a call and then you call and they don't answer. <laughs> so I mean, I don't want to be that guy. Wait, so people tell you call if you need something and they don't answer the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's stupid. But I think people, some people do it just for the sake of saying it. Yeah, that's exactly. They just say, well, yeah, you know, I have, I have a, what you call it, open door policy mm-hmm. where the door always closed. Right. Or if they do have that open door policy and it's open, quote unquote, you just don't feel like this is a person I really want to talk to, mm-hmm. you know? So I encourage you to, uh, be that person right. people want to talk to, mm-hmm. you know, because you may have some valuable information, but if you can't connect with them, then what's the whole point? Right. You know? Yeah. 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 Well, that makes sense. Well, look, I want to thank you though for uh, coming on the show and I'm going to hold you accountable. As long as I'm around the leader and the person that you want to be, I'm going to make sure that, uh, that you do emulate that. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. You, I mean, seriously, you know, I'm going to check on you, right? Okay. <laughs> Good. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for listening and watching there. That's on Facebook uh, on this uh, episode of the Lion's Den. So those of you that are still listening, I want to close out with um, back in the same uh, vein of where we started with MLK. Um, I encourage you to think about the dream, the dream that he uh, spoke about and also, I encourage you to wake up and and understand where you play in that dream today. And so before we close this out officially, there was a young lady that I had the uh, pleasure of listening to um, at the um, as an audition. She will also be singing at the breakfast uh, Tuesday, I believe. And she had a magnificent magnificent voice and her name is serenity and i would like to close out with the song that she sang and until then you guys make sure that you have a great holiday and let it be a day on not a day off and thank you see you next week why should i feel discouraged and why should the shadows shadows come why should my heart feel lonely and alone for heaven heavenly home when Jesus is my portion a constant friend is 
is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy, and I sing because I'm free. Watches me. I sing because I'm happy, and I sing. 